Welcome back, everyone. Amy, how are you? I'm blessed beyond measure. Amen to that. Yes. Amen. How are you? Doing good. Hanging in there. Yes. We're going to get through it. We are, everyone. Yes. We're going we're gonna to get through all of this because it's crazy town. It is. But it's going to be okay. It is. And there's blessings in it. Every day there's blessings. Yes. Like calmness and when you see your friends, you're happier. Mm-hmm. Like your birthday was just here. Yeah. And we set up a little birthday parade and embarrassed you. Oh, my goodness. But it was like, it was so sweet. And it just warmed my heart. It's like when I saw them, like we met up at a place by Robin's house uh, store. And like, we were so giddy to see each other. (laughs) I don't know, just... The joy, like it was like a birthday, like, and the, a few days before was our friend Ellie's birthday, and we like set, set, well, stood around and had a little surprise dinner, but we stood outside the car away from each other. It's just, we enjoy each other more. Yeah. We're happy. You know, little things mean a lot. It really does. Like, you would think, I think if someone had said, you know what, a year ago, there's going to be a, a caravan of your friends driving by for your birthday. I'd be like, oh, okay. But it's like, it was just the most wonderful thing. So yeah. it's little things like that. Yes, it really is. And, I don't know. And you, we were talking last night and just talking about how things have kind of gotten more s- simpler. Like it's just kind of a simpler time where you see more people walking, riding their bikes, just seeing people out more often. Yeah. And spending more time with the family, like more quality time. Yes. And it's nice. It really is. It's very nice. It's just a simpler, quieter time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I agree. It's great. So there's good, though people, we don't want people ill or afraid, but the, the goodness in it. That's right. No, yep. no, I, I hear you. Yes. Uh, so we are back to talk about Exodus chapters 6 through 11. Yes. The plagues. Oh. This was, this was a doozy. Yeah. When going over this again, I really had to kind of look up a lot of stuff because I was, some parts confused me and we'll talk about it, but um, there's a lot going on here. Yes. Yes, there is. But before we start, I know you're going to start us off in prayer. Yes, I am. Okay. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me to be with you. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study your word and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lovely. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, let's, the recap of Exodus chapters 1 through 5. The Pharaoh had tried to kill all of the Hebrew babies, the boys, right after birth, but the Hebrew midwives didn't follow his orders. Right. 
Moses was born, and when his mother couldn't hide him any longer, she put him in a basket along the bank of the Nile. Uh, the Pharaoh's daughter had found him and kept him. And then he, we moved to him as an adult, uh, where Moses killed an abusive Egyptian slaver, and uh, he fled shortly afterwards out of Egypt. Right. Um, the Lord appeared to Moses in flames within a bush, the burning bush, and where the Lord told Moses he was sending him to Egypt to speak to the Pharaoh and get the Israelites out. Uh, Moses was unsure of himself, so God sent his brother Aaron with him. And then, of course, we can't forget Moses' wife Zipporah circumcised the son. Yes. So is there anything else you wanted to touch upon for chapters 1 through 5? No. Okay. No. So let's move on then to chapter 6. At the, very, at the tail end of chap, uh, Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, Moses asked God why he sent him to Egypt, because it's just caused more trouble for his people. And then chapter 6 begins with God telling Moses to speak with the Israelites, letting them know God was going to free them from slavery and take them as his own people. And then the term under the yoke is used here. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked it up because I've heard under the yoke, but it means under or at the mercy of an immense and oppressive force. So now we all know that's what that's under right. the yoke means. Yes. So Moses, you know, Moses spoke to them, but the Israelites were too discouraged and they didn't listen. God then told Moses to talk to the Pharaoh and tell him to let the Israelites go. Uh, he didn't feel confident about the outcome of this conversation right, not at all no um did you have any notes on that part not yet no okay i have a couple notes um it said when when moses gave god's message to the people they were too discouraged to listen the hebrews didn't want to hear any more about god and his promises because the last time they listened to moses all they got was more works and greater suffering Sometimes a clear message from God is followed by a period when no change in the situation is apparent. During that time, seeming setbacks may turn people away from wanting to hear more about God. Mm -hmm. If you are a leader, don't give up. Keep bringing people God's message as Moses did by focusing on God who must be obeyed rather than on the results to be achieved. Good leaders see beyond temporary setbacks and reversals. And there's always going to be setbacks. Yeah. I did have one note. Sure. As the Hebrews' troubles grew steadily worse, God planned to intervene with his mighty power and perform great miracles to deliver them. How big are your problems? Big problems put you in a perfect position to watch God provide big solutions. Mm. Yes. So, uh, moving on to chapters uh, chapter 6 verses 13 through 25 mm -hmm. it breaks down the family records of moses and aaron and while all of that is very important right unless you want to talk about it yeah. we're not going to kind of delve any deeper into mm -hmm. that part yeah it's just yeah yeah it's important let's talk about this a little bit it's important to understand what chapter 6 verse 26 means when God tells Moses and Aaron to bring the Israelites out by, out of Egypt by divisions, because that's kind of, they don't really explain what that is. 
And the notes that said to bring the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions meant that they would be brought out in tribes, clans, or family groups. And the tribes were named after the sons or the grandsons of Jacob. Now Jacob, remember, his name was changed to Israel after he wrestled with an angel of the Lord. Um, the, the Hebrew people became known as the Israelites, and then Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Right. That's all I had for chapter 6. Do you have anything else for chapter 6? I don't. I do have something on Moses. Oh, great. But, okay. Um, uh, um, in Moses, we see an outstanding personality shaped by God. But we must not misunderstand what God did. He did not change who or what Moses was. He did not give Moses new abilities and strengths. Instead, he took Moses's characteristics and molded them until they were suited to his purposes. Does knowing this make a difference in your understanding of God's purpose in your life? He is trying to take what he created in the first place and use it for its intended purposes. The next time you talk with God, don't ask what I should change into. Instead, ask, how should I use my own abilities and strengths to do your will? I think a lot of people think he's. we have to change into something. And he made you how you are. Mm -hmm. So, like, just as Moses, like Moses was always, he served as the buffer a lot of times between God and the people. At one moment, he had to respond to God's anger respond to God's anger at the people's stubbornness and forgetfulness. At another moment, he had to react to the people's bickering and complaining. So he, he had to be a lot, in a lot of different roles. He doesn't mm. try to change who we are. He works with what he already made. That's great. Yeah. And that is something to remember because I think all of us at some point are like, you know, what do I need to change about myself? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, no, no. You're good. I mean, God may try to mold you a little bit, but because yeah. this is what you need to do. Yeah. I, I just, I really like that because we're sassy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like both of us are kind of sassy girls. Like, right. We're not pushovers. We're, you know, we're kind of sassy and jokey and you know, and that's how he made us. He didn't mean to make us to be these um, calm, quiet, little meek things. Yeah, we're just not that. Mm. And that's okay. The quiet and meek are great. Sure. But for you and I, we couldn't do this thing mm -hmm. if that's who we were. Mm -hmm. So he made us this way. Mm -hmm. So there it is. I don't know. You kind of, you could look back on, on your life a little bit. And it's like, oh, wow, kind of look how this has been molded. And, oh, this experience molded me this way a little yeah. bit. And I don't know. It's neat. It is. And then you meet people and they're like, I'm, I just, I'm so sorry I'm this way. Or I got to change. I got, I know God doesn't love me how I am. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. Don't say that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I'm sad that people think that. But it's so normal. It really is. That's, I know. It's so normal. Like, I think you could take almost anything about your, well, not yourself, but like in the grand scheme yourself and be like, you know, oh, I mean, God, there's no way God can accept me the way I am because of 
what I think or what I've done or how I look or I mean just so many things how I act and it's like well maybe there are some things the way you act you know that need to be maybe shaped up a little bit but God still loves you yeah you know he's not gonna he's not gonna uh you know ignore you because you've got pimples right he's not gonna ignore you because you're 20 pounds overweight right he loves you the way you are yeah and you have we have to remember when we say that we're denying that he died on that cross for us mm. we're saying oh that wasn't enough yeah that wasn't enough god so if you think of it that way it can make you like almost take a deep breath like oh my gosh i'm denying what he did you know if we kind of look at it that way he loves you just as you are mm -hmm. so i just thought that was a good thing to share no, that was great. Thank you for uh -huh. sharing that. Uh, okay, so let's move on to chapter 7. Okay, okay so the Lord... I, <laughs> this is going to be sassy. We just talked about being sassy. Mm -hmm. Moses is... Moses and Aaron, but Moses is constantly going back and forth. I hope he wasn't staying far away from the Pharaoh's palace because... That dude, he was constant. All right, I'm gonna go back. I know. Uh, I will go talk to Pharaoh again. But I, I, was there like a shuttle system? I hope so. Or like a Egyptian monorail? I know. <laughs> I know. Like he better stay, or he had some walking to do. That's a lot of walking for. Now, <laughs> do you ever think? Mo do you ever think Moses at one point was like? I'm going to go do this because I, I, you are the supreme being. Yeah. But uh, this is it. You know, he's not going to listen. Yeah. You know, but like, all right, again? I'm going to go do it. All right, Lord. Yeah. Let's go. All right. <laughs> like this next thing. You're going to do what? Come on now. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> oh okay okay so chapter seven so the lord talks to moses again and has him relay you know all of the information again you know let the people go so they can so they can you know do do the sacrifices and the worship and and all that moses didn't have much confidence in himself but the god uh, god explained how the pharaoh was going to react and what was going to happen um so Moses knew the plan and Aaron was going to do all the talking. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, you know, I just didn't remember. Moses was 80 at the time and Aaron was 83. Wow. But age-wise, young chap. Young. Young chappers. <laughs> yeah, back then. Yes. They were in their prime. Yeah. Okay. Um, In the notes I had, God made Moses like God to Pharaoh. In other words, a powerful person who deserved to be listened to. Pharaoh himself was considered a god, so he recognized Moses as one of his peers. His refusal to give in to Moses shows, however, that he did not feel inferior to Moses. Oh. Now, did you have anything on that part? Not, not that part. Nope. Okay, so as we continue on in the story, uh, the Lord prepared both of them, Moses and Aaron, for their encounter with the Pharaoh, letting them know when to throw Aaron's staff so it would become a snake. Yes. 
Now, this part was crazy. So the Pharaoh calls his the sorcerers and the magicians and the wise men, and they do the same thing. Um, They're able to turn their staffs into snakes as well. Yeah. But the diff- so, but the difference is, is that Aaron's staff, his snake, ate the other snakes. Right. But that's crazy. I now, know. Did you have notes on that part? Um, I don't. Let me look. Satan can imitate some parts of God's work and lead people astray. Pharaoh focused on the miracle rather than the message. We can avoid this arrow by letting the word of God be the basis of our faith. No miracle from God would endorse any message that is contrary to the teachings of his word. Mm-hmm. So a miracle won't endorse any message that is contrary to the teaching of his word. Okay. So I guess that's a little check mark. Like that's how you can check it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm re- don't you think of that movie? Well, yes. I mean, how can we not? I know. I know. I know. Now, so I have a note for that, but I wanted to give a definition. Okay. This is the definition of Satan. A spiritual being whose name means accuser. As the leader of all the demonic forces, he opposes God's rule and seeks to harm God's people and accuse them of wrongdoing. Just so we have that, yeah. you know, that knowledge. This is what how Satan is defined. Okay. Now, the note I had for this part, how were these sorcerers and magicians able to duplicate Moses' miracles? Some of their feats involved trickery or illusion, and some may have used satanic power since worshiping gods of the underworld was part of their religion. Ironically, whenever the sorcerers duplicated one of Moses' plagues, it only made matters worse. If the magicians had been as powerful as God, they would have reversed the plagues, not added to them. So, trickery. Yep. They don't say how long each plague lasted. Do you know how long each one lasted? I thought it did. Were they seven years? Was it that long? I'm not sure. Oh, these plagues? Any of them. Oh. Any of the plagues. The first one was for seven days. The ninth lasted three days. The tenth was for one night. We don't know the length of the other seven. It was my, it's, it seems like they, none of them were much longer than that. Okay. Okay. So if that helps. Yes. Thank you very much Uh for looking that up. Okay. So now the Lord had Moses and Aaron go back to the, we're going to be saying this a lot. Yeah. The Lord had Moses and Aaron go back to talk to the Pharaoh. Yes. Let his people go so they can worship God in the desert. Now, in Exodus chapter 7, verses 17 and 18, this is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. And this applied to all the water in Egypt. Like, even... Like, if you had a cup of water, I think it turned everything. Yeah. So once again, the Pharaoh had his magicians and all them come in, and they did the same thing. So the Pharaoh was like, he went on his way. Yeah. He's like, hey, okay. Um, Did you have a note for that? I don't. I don't have anything. So at this point, he wasn't really taking it seriously. No. 
Um, in the note for the note I had, it said God dramatically turned the waters of the Nile into blood to show Pharaoh who he was. Do you sometimes wish for miraculous signs so you can be sure about God? God has given you the miracle of eternal life through your faith in him, something Pharaoh never obtained. This is a quiet miracle, and though less evident right now, just as extraordinary as water turned to blood. The desire for spectacular signs may cause us to ignore the more subtle miracles God is working every day. I think, though, by reading the Bible every day, you're, mi you're mindful of what what gifts he has given you regularly. Yes. Don't you? Yes, I really do agree with that. Because you, it's almost like... Um, you, the Holy Spirit is kind of fine tuning everything inside you. Yeah. So you can, you're understanding what to listen to, what not to listen to. Yeah. Your, your whole outlook, your mindset is totally different. Mm -hmm. I really think that I just, I do. There's ways to get that, mm -hmm. you know, and being, being in your Bible is, is the best thing. Yeah. Especially studying it. Yes. Yes. Pray, talk to God, stay in your Bible. Yeah. For sure. That's that's setting you on the right path. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Um okay, so now this I got out of um those little study books that that we had worked from before the knowing the Bible. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Let's sit back for a second. I'm going to read this out. So beginning with Exodus chapter 7 verse 8, whereas the previous section highlighted God's repeated promises of deliverance and Israel's struggle to believe, in this section God begins to deliver Israel by showcasing his sovereignty, which means supreme power or authority, over Egypt through the plagues. By repeatedly hardening Pharaoh's heart, God creates an environment in which his gracious salvation of Israel may be fully acknowledged. Ultimately, these chapters depict a power contest between the Lord, who's represented by Moses and Aaron, and the gods of Egypt, who's represented by the Pharaoh. Although Pharaoh resists and disobeys the divine word, God will eventually overpower him until he submits and releases the people. God demonstrates his supremacy over Egypt and his faithfulness to Israel by sending plagues against the Egyptians while protecting Israel from the destructive effects of the plagues. In ancient Egypt, the serpent was a symbol of Pharaoh's power. When the Egyptian magicians mimicked Aaron's initial sign by turning a staff into a serpent, Aaron's staff swallowed theirs. This event foreshadows the significance of the upcoming plagues. By them, God is powerfully conquering Pharaoh and Egypt in order to save his people. Likewise, the gospel of Jesus is not simply the good news that we are saved from the divine wrath that our sins deserve, but also that through Jesus, God has inaugurated his kingdom and is conquering all our enemies, the fiercest of which is Satan, the original serpent. As the plagues go on, Israel is increasingly set apart from the Egyptians. By the third plague, the magicians are no longer able to replicate Moses and Aaron's signs. And beginning with the fourth plague, the land of Goshen is set apart and protected from the devastating effects of the plagues. Israel's salvation stems out of God's own holiness and results in their being established as God's holy nation. 
I thought I like that part because it gives a little bit more. It gives us more understanding as to what is going on. Yeah, a little bit, you know, because sometimes you read this and it's like, wait, what's really going on? Yeah, went deeper. Yeah, like who? Why is Pharaoh's heart so hard? Why is God? And you know, and then sometimes God hardens yeah. his heart. Very good. Very good. Now, is there anything else from chapter seven that you would like to talk about? No. Okay, so let's move on to chapter eight. Okay. After, oh, here we go. After seven days passed, the Lord told Moses to visit the Pharaoh again and reiterate. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can just, <sighs> all right, Lord, I'm going to go again. Yeah. And re go. here we go. And reiterate what the Lord said before to let his people go so they can worship him. If the Pharaoh doesn't listen this time, a plague of frogs will strike Egypt. The Pharaoh called his magicians again, and they were able to conjure the frogs as yeah. well. But this time the Pharaoh wanted to make a deal, asking Moses and Aaron to, to pray to the Lord to remove the frogs. And he would allow the Israelites to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses told the Lord what happened, and all the frogs died except the ones in the Nile. Now, why? What was the purpose of that? I know. I wonder. Uh, but shortly after, the Pharaoh hardened his heart again. Now, did you have notes on that section? Let's see. No. I wonder why they just let him stay in the Nile. I don't know. Because then there would, there's dead frogs. They just don't disappear. There's, right. There would be dead frogs everywhere. Yeah. Huh. I wonder what they did with all those dead frogs. I'm, I'm not, that, that's yeah, not a sassy question. I'm just, I'm just really, uh, what do you do with all those dead frogs? I maybe cook them up. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, but didn't they worship animals and stuff? Oh. I don't know. Yucker. Uh, it, so you didn't have any notes for I that? did not. I oh, really did okay. Not. So I had, after repeated warnings, Pharaoh still refused to obey God. He hardened his heart. Every time there was a break in the plagues, his stubborn disobedience brought suffering upon himself and his entire country. Do you think at some point the Egyptian people, like, did they know what was going on? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. So they knew Moses was talking to Pharaoh? I would think they would. And at some point were they like, come on, Pharaoh, let's let this go. I don't think they could say that. I oh, don't even... they'd be killed. Yeah. Pharaoh. Yeah. We have 40 million metric tons of dead frogs. <laughs> I mean, we've got water back, but... The frogs. The frogs. We're going to blend them up. Oh! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Wait, let me finish this. While persistence is good, stubbornness is usually self-centered. Stubbornness toward God is always disobedience. Avoid disobedience because the consequences may spill onto others. Now, yeah, blend them up. Uh, I mean, you, yeah, probably a lot of the women are I like, mean, what can we do with this? Can we make a casserole I know. out of them? What can we... Who knows? Can a frog we... loaf? Yeah, frog loaf. <laughs> We can paint. <laughs> what? <laughs> we can paint the pyramid. <laughs> what did they do? 
do? They decorated the pyramids with frog parts. I mean, honestly, and you know that they're the ones that cleaned it up. Oh, the women? Oh, oh yeah. please. Of oh, course. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. They cleaned it up. Yeah. I have no doubt. Wait until those locusts come. I don't think the Egyptian men were like, oh, Roger, let's go help. Yeah. No. 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 No, sorry. They're being banned. Yeah. They're like, no, Dottie will do it. Yeah, Dottie will do it. <laughs> yeah. Dottie will do it. She'll go get the others and they'll do it. And all that draped cloth. Dottie and the others will do it. Their whole bottom of the thing's green. <laughs> How do, I can't. How do you get those stains out? How do you get stains out in Egyptian times? I, Frog stains. And you know, they had an open sewer. Oh, did they? Yeah. Mm. Like it was down the side. But they had working sewage systems. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, But it just opened. So you had the frogs in the sewage Probably system too? In the poo poo. Oh. Oh. Your husband will know. Oh. Yeah, he'll give me his opinion on that. Oh yeah. well of course, didn't you know? The uh plague frogs were <laughs> demagnetized from the rays of the sun, therefore the moonbeams <laughs> cast them down. How did you not know that? I thought you were into the Bible. At a 30 degree <laughs> At a 30 degree high uh, angle. Yeah, angle. Oh, I can hear it now. If they dropped from a 30 degree angle, the position of the sun being where it is, it's 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 been uh, hypothesized that the plague frogs landed at such an angle that they would not explode. Oh. <laughs> Therefore, when the woman went, how do you not know this? <laughs> That's why the men didn't go out and do it because the women they don't know. Have you not read Genesis? Women are the property. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> he so would say that. Because the women... Here's what's happened. Here's what happened. The women were like, Sun Ra, will you please come help me? Clean up these frogs in front of our house. <laughs> and Sun Ra was like... <laughs> Sun Ra was like, Dottie... Dottie, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the side of our house. Uh-huh. I'm going to walk over there. Yeah. Now I'm going to see if our if our homemade broom is over there. And if I find our homemade broom, I'm going to take the homemade broom. And I'm going to walk back to the front of the house. <laughs> I'm going to start sweeping up the dead frogs, Dottie. <laughs> Dottie, if it becomes too much, are you hear me yelling? 
Come out. Do you, run out the oh. front door. Now, if you don't see me in the front yard with the frogs, oh. Dottie, I'm next door talking to, I don't even know another Egyptian name. <laughs> Ramses. Yeah, Ramses. I'm going to be talking to Ramsey, so don't worry. Now, if you need to get hold of me, uh-huh. Dottie, just yell. Yeah. <laughs> and by that time, Dottie said, forget it, I'll do it myself. Bingo. That's what happened. Yeah. Because now, while he's telling this whole story, she's done. Yeah. Oh, what? Oh. Okay, that got done. Yeah, it's done. I'm going to go do something else now. Yeah, I'm just going to go over there and have a cold <laughs> camel drink. <laughs> I'm going to have a camel smoothie. <laughs> Me and Mitzi are going to have a camel smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> you and Ramses go formulate your day, honey. It's <laughs> oh. oh. so the truth. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Dottie, where do I put the frogs after I gather them? Have you been told where we're supposed to dispose of the frogs? I asked Ramses and he doesn't know either. <laughs> you know what? Get on, go get on the camel and find out. <laughs> go find out. Do the research. Dottie, where do I go? Who do I talk to? <laughs> where do I put the camel? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I'd run away. <laughs> Mitzi, let's go. Yeah. This is too much. Fed up with Ramsey's, fed oh. up with Sun Ra. <laughs> kids are driving me nuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just got water back because it turned into blood, and now oh. we've got frogs. Yeah, this better be frog. the end of it. Yeah. Oh. But it's not. No, it's just the beginning. Yeah, here I don't we even, go. I don't even know where we... Oh, here. Okay, I know okay. where we're at now. So getting back to chapter 8. Yes. So now the Lord told Moses to have Aaron touch the dust of the ground yep. with his staff to bring upon the plague of gnats. Oh. This time, though, the Pharaoh's magicians couldn't duplicate it. No. They couldn't do it. Now, the the magicians now believed that this was the work of God. But Pharaoh still had a hard heart. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have notes for that little... I just said, have um, that Pharaoh refused to believe he was stubborn, and stubbornness can blind a person to the truth. When you rid yourself of stubbornness, you may be surprised by abundant evidence of God's work in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And why are we stubborn? I why do know. we get so stubborn about things? I don't know. Like our way or the highway. I want to say, now Chris may disagree, but I want to say my stubbornness over the years has diminished. You, Yeah. And what do you think? What about you? Like, uh, mine, you, yes. Yeah. I really think it has. I think you just learned uh, what's important and what's not. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Things don't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You feel that way about yours? Yes, because especially over the last five, 
well, five to ten years, you know, it's like you do, you start to see things that are truly important and truly matter. Yeah. And everything else is, eh. Yeah. We'll deal with it. That can be dealt with. That's not a big exactly. deal. Exactly. Yeah. So you just become less stubborn about, you know, oh, it's my way or this is how it's going to be. You just let go of all that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Just go on. Yeah. The Lord told Moses to approach the Pharaoh and once again asked to let God's people go. If not, the Lord would send a plague of flies. Yeah. This time God would keep his people free of the plague in Goshen, thus making a distinction between my people and your people. Uh, the Pharaoh then told Moses and Aaron to, to go ahead, let the Israelites sacrifice to uh, their God. But Moses and Aaron feared that the Egyptians would find their sacrifices loathe them and, and harm would come to them because yeah. they wouldn't understand what they were doing. Um, and the Israelites needed a three-day journey to properly offer the sacrifices to God. Uh, Moses told the Lord what happened, and the flies left. But Pharaoh hardened his heart again. <sighs> Wouldn't let the Israelites go. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, do you have notes on that section? No. Okay. I had a couple. Pharaoh wanted a compromise. Uh, he, he would allow the Hebrews to sacrifice, but only if they would do it nearby. God's requirement, however, was firm. The Hebrews had to leave Egypt. Sometimes people urge believers to compromise and give only partial obedience to God's commands, but commitment and obedience to God cannot be negotiated. When it comes to obeying God, half measures won't do. And I think we just touched upon this part a little bit. The Israelites would be sacrificing animals that the Egyptians regarded as sacred, and this would be offensive to them. Moses was concerned about a violent reaction to sacrificing these animals near the Egyptians. That's right. Yeah. Now, did you have anything else for chapter 8? No. Okay. No, that's it. So, let's move on to chapter 9. And we got a lot of plagues going on in chapter 9. So, Moses goes to visit the Pharaoh again. And if Pharaoh doesn't obey this time, the Lord will bring a plague upon all the livestock. Yeah. Uh, except the Lord was going to make a distinction between the Israelite and the Egyptian livestock. And even after this, Pharaoh's heart was still hard. Yeah. This was the fifth time God sent Moses back to Pharaoh. By this time, Moses may, this is in our notes, Moses may have been tired and discouraged, but he continued to obey. Yeah. Is there a difficult conflict you must face again and again? Don't give up when you know what is right to do. Uh, As Moses discovered, persistence is rewarded. Yes. Did you have anything for that part? Not on 9 through 12, no. Okay. So now uh, the Lord had Moses take handfuls of soot and throw it in the air in front of the Pharaoh. And the soot turned into a dust that caused boils to grow on the men and the animals. I couldn't, yeah. Ugh. <sighs> but the Lord still hardened the Pharaoh's heart. Did you have notes on that part? I did. Good. I had, um, did God intentionally harden Pharaoh's heart and overrule his free will? No, he simply confirmed that Pharaoh freely chose a life of resisting God. Similarly, 
after a lifetime of resisting God, you may find it impossible to turn to Him. Don't wait until just the right time before turning to God. Do it now while you have the chance. If you continually ignore God's voice, eventually you will be able to hear it all. Unable to hear it all. Hear it at all. Sorry about that. No, no. That's that's yeah. such an important note. Yes. Because he'll, he'll knock on the door, but one day he will stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was giving the Pharaoh... Oh, many chances. Yes. And like it said, he didn't intentionally harden his heart. He's just confirming it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now the Lord instructed Moses to approach the Pharaoh again. And this time to let the Pharaoh know that if he didn't obey, the Lord would send his full force of plagues. Intense hail would be released. Uh, now, some Egyptians feared the word of God and listened. Some didn't. The hail didn't touch the Israelites in Goshen. And uh, Moses and Aaron were summoned by the Pharaoh. And he said in Exodus chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, This time I have sinned, he said to them. The Lord is in the right, and, and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to the Lord, for we have had enough thunder and hail. I will let you go. You do not have to stay any longer. Once again, the minute the plague ended, yeah. Pharaoh yeah. went right back to, to his old his old uh, beliefs, didn't let the Israelites go. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Uh, did you have a note for that part? I did. Okay. After promising to let the Hebrews go, Pharaoh immediately broke his promise and brought even more trouble upon the land. His actions reveal that his repentance was not real. We do damage to ourselves and to others if we pretend to change but do not mean it. And you, and that's the thing. We do damage to ourselves and to others if we pretend to change but don't mean but don't. it. You have to mean it. Yeah, it's better not to say it <clears throat> if you're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's chapter 9. Yes. Okay, let's go on to chapter 10. Okay. So Exodus chapter 10 verse 3. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. And so Moses and Aaron let Pharaoh know the Lord was going to send locusts to invade Egypt, covering everything if he didn't let his people go. And at this point, even the Pharaoh's officials yeah. were... You know, they were questioning why he wouldn't let them go worship. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Pharaoh's stubborn. So yeah. stubborn. Because he questioned who exactly would be leaving. And he didn't want the women or children to right. go. I mean, shoot. You would think now it's like, oh, just go. Yeah. Everyone, go. Yeah. Um, but the Lord told Moses to stretch out his hand over Egypt so the locusts would start swarming. And they did. And they did. Mm. Terrible. Exodus chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive my sin once more and pray to the Lord your God to take this deadly plague away from me. So it's it's a constant uh-huh. back and forth and it back is. and forth. Yeah. In a way, though, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, in a way... That's kind of what we, that's what we do oh, yeah. every day. It's like, you know, Lord, forgive me. But then we, 
a lot of the times we go back and do the same thing. Yes, I know. It's a battle. You're right. You're exactly right. We're doing, yeah. It's a battle. Yeah. Um, did you have notes on that part? Yes. Um, it's important to tell our children. Well, God told Moses that his miraculous experiences with Pharaoh should be retold to his descendants. What stories Moses had to tell. Living out one of the greatest dramas in biblical history. He witnessed events few people would ever see. It is important to tell our children about God's work in our past and to help them see what he is doing right now. We are the turning points. What are the turning points in your life where God intervened? What is God doing for you now? Your stories will form the foundations of your children's belief in God. Yeah. Yeah, he had a story to tell. He did. Yeah, and that is true, what we, everything we tell our children, you know. And just other people. Oh, yeah. Because you are you don't know where you're planting that seed for someone. Yes. Mm. And your job may be only the seed. Yeah. You know, don't feel like you have to be the, the farmer or the plower. You may just need to put the seed there. Wow, that is such a great analogy. Yeah, you just may need to do that. You know, that that might be your your job there. That, yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah. Now the Lord sent darkness all over Egypt for three days, and I love how it's explained in verse twenty-one. It says darkness that can be felt. Yes. Oh, you can visualize that yes like you can feel it amen but the israelites never experienced that darkness it was just the egyptians uh pharaoh told moses all could go to worship the lord except for the animals so he's still trying to do it on his own terms when moses tried to explain the importance of the animals for sacrifice pharaoh became very upset and told moses to never appear before him again why was Pharaoh in the notes? It says, why was Pharaoh so reluctant to let the people go? The Hebrews were Egypt's free labor, the builders of their great cities. As Egypt's leader, Pharaoh would not easily let such a great resource go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true, but it yeah. just seems like he was, he was just too stubborn. Yeah. He just, uh, he, now he's really in trouble mm. after this. Um, do you have any more notes for chapter 10? No, no more notes. All right, chapter 11. So the Lord told Moses, who went on to tell Pharaoh that if his people weren't let go, the Lord would pass through the night where all the firstborn males will die, including the animals. Now, I have a few notes for that section, but do you have something you'd like to read? Uh, Moses told Pharaoh that God made a distinction between Egypt and Israel. At this time, the distinction was very clear in God's mind. He knew the Hebrews would become chosen people. The distinction was taking shape in Moses' mind also, but the Hebrews still saw the distinction only in terms of slave and free. Later, when they were in the wilderness, God would teach them the laws, principles, and values that would make them distinct as his people. Remember that God sees us in terms of what we what we will become and not just what we are right now. Oh, amen to that. Yes. Um, now, let's see. I have, let's see, what note do I have? You may wonder how Pharaoh could be so foolish as to see God's miraculous power 
and still not listen to Moses, but Pharaoh had his mind made up long before the plagues began. He couldn't believe that someone was greater than he. Mm. This stubborn unbelief led to a heart so hard that even a major catastrophe couldn't soften him. Finally, it took the greatest of all calamities, the loss of his son, to force him to recognize God's authority. But even then, he wanted God to leave, not to rule his country. We must not wait for great calamities to drive us to God, but must open our hearts and minds to his direction now. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one other note for that section, but did you have anything else there? No, not on 11. Okay. Uh, did God really harden Pharaoh's heart and force him to do wrong? Before the ten plagues began, Moses and Aaron announced what God would do if Pharaoh didn't let the people go, but their message only made Pharaoh stubborn. He was hardening his own heart. In so doing, he defied both God and his messengers. Through the first six plagues, Pharaoh's heart grew even more stubborn. After the sixth plague, God passed judgment. Sooner or later, evil people will be punished for their sins. When it became evident that Pharaoh wouldn't change, God confirmed Pharaoh's prideful decision and set the painful consequences of actions in motion. God didn't force Pharaoh to reject him. Rather, he gave him every opportunity to change his mind. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, it says, God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Um, now, did you have anything else regarding chapter 11 or anything else? <clears throat> no. Are we doing 12 or no? No. Okay. Uh-uh. There is a child's movie. I'm sure you've seen it, The Prince of Egypt. Uh-huh. That is this whole story we've read. Yes. And if someone, like, I love that movie. If an adult wanted to watch that, it's very good to watch it because it's just what we read about these plagues. It is. It is. It's very good. And, oh, yeah, an, an adult could absolutely enjoy it. Yeah, it would be just what this is. And if anybody, you know, you're at home right now. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just good. Like, you know, it would kind of just go off of what you just read. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd bring that to to mind. No, that's, that's yeah. great. So Yeah, that's a good one. That Yeah, I, I want think... Oh, no, go ahead. No, that's it. Um, I wanted to go over just a couple things regarding the Pharaoh's heart, because that was the part where I got a little tripped up on, okay. like, you know, when his heart was hardened and then when God was hardening his heart and I was like, wait, what? Now this part here, uh, I got from an article on bibleproject.com. And it's titled, Why Pharaoh's Heart Grew Harder. And then I'll leave the the link in the show notes and then on Facebook. uh, So people can read the whole thing. This is just a little bit of it. Uh, God called Pharaoh to humble himself and acknowledge that God is his authority. And that he cannot redefine good and evil on Egyptian terms. Which is what he constantly was trying to do. Do it on Egyptian terms. God gives Pharaoh five opportunities to repent and humble himself. And five times he hardens his heart. Pharaoh was responsible for the evil in his heart. And after plague five, which was livestock, he crossed a point of no return. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. And then um, one other thing. Now this blew my noodle out of the water. I shared this with you. Okay, I was going to ask if you put that. This is from the, the Knowing the Bible series of books. And this was in the notes. 
I had no idea this was even applicable, really. Yeah. But once you read it, it's like, oh my gosh. Okay, so think back to Genesis and when God was was creating everything and forming the earth and forming everything. Um, the plagues are de- depicted as a destructive undoing of the created order in Egypt. So the plague of blood on all their pools of water corresponds to the waters that were gathered together to make the seas in creation in Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 10. Because you start thinking about this, it's like, oh, oh, okay. The plague of frogs corresponds to the swarms of living creatures from the waters in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. The plague of the gnats corresponds to the creeping things on the earth, Genesis 1, chapter 24. The plague of the flies corresponds to the flying things in Genesis 1, chapter 20. The plague of the livestock corresponds to the livestock that Adam named in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. The plague of hail and locusts together destroyed all the plants in the land corresponds to the plants and vegetation of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 12. The plague of darkness over Egypt reverses God's first creative act of making light, Genesis 1, chapter 3. And then the death of the firstborn corresponds to the creation of the first humans in Genesis 1, chapter 26. My gosh. Nuts. I I love that. Never put that together before. I know that's a lot to take in. I'm going to type out what I just said and then put it on the Facebook page so you can look at it. Maybe it'll make, you know, you'll. It, you can understand it a little bit better. But I was like, oh, my goodness. That's... I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for typing it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was just undoing everything. Right there. Yeah. I mean, and this is still in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. We're still in Exodus. Yeah. He barely made that stuff. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm, I'll start taking it away. I'm taking it out of here. <laughs> I'm out. I'll redo all this stuff. Sunra, Dottie, don't... Mm. Don't get comfortable here. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Don't be lighting no fire either, because I've already undid that. Fire. Oh, anyway. Dottie, I can't find the flint rock. <laughs> I told you where the flint rock is. Yeah. I'm going in. <laughs> oh gosh, so funny. Oh. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. Here? No. It's a blessed time. Okay, so it is. Yes. yes. Um so here's some info. Um our website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. Email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. Uh, or if you want to go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash my basic Bible study. Uh, and uh, the, the, if you go to the website, it has all those links as well. Now, last night I was going through and I'm like, all right, what are we going to focus on for, for next time? And because um, I try to do it in a logical way, you know, kind of yeah. however the Holy Spirit's, you know, trying to tries to sway me there. We're just going to focus on chapter 12, the oh, Passover. Okay. Oh, yeah. I figure we'll take our time and talk about the Passover because it's so, 
There's so much to take in there. Yes. Yes. So, and, oh, go ahead. And that's right. And the meal, we have how the meal was done. Okay, mm-hmm. got you. Yeah, so we will just we'll be reading chapter 12 of, of Exodus. Okay. Um, and that's it. That's That's all I have. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes, and everybody stay healthy and blessed and... Things I we know things are starting to open up now. Yes, and that's a good thing. That's right, and we're we're gonna get through it. This too shall pass. It will, and just no matter what, understand that every day has blessings in it. That's right. So so God bless and take care, everyone. Yes, take care. See you soon. Alrighty, thank okay. you. Bye bye.